0: This is Bigger Questions, with your host, Robert Martin.
1: Welcome to Bigger Questions, recorded live in the city of Melbourne. Today's Bigger Question, how can these scientists believe in God? Now it's popular to see a conflict between science and the Christian faith, so today we're exploring some of the perceived conflicts and challenges between belief in God and modern science, by talking with a number of real scientists who believe in god it's national science week so we're going to hear from a number of scientists we've had on the show before but we're also going to include some new material not previously released we start with doctors michael and christina smith dr michael smith is a marine biologist and has a phd in zoology from the university of melbourne and dr christina smith has a phd in astrophysics from swinburne university And I posed them this problem. I said that you're both scientists, so how could you be Christian believers? There are people who would claim that people like you can't exist, that science and Christian faith are incompatible. We join them with Michael's response. I think that uh, that claim of non-existence is an interesting one, and it's the sort of belief which could be challenged with evidence. And I would present myself as evidence that I do exist and allow people to... (laughs)
0: inform their own conclusions. <laughs>
1: but um, I don't see any conflict with being a scientist and following Jesus. I see no conflict in that at all. You know, And basically, I believe that God is the creator of not only us, but the entire universe and everything that there is. Mm. Um, and so I actually see scientific research as a way of allowing us to understand a little bit more about the character and the greatness of the Creator. Mm. Um. How about you Christina?
2: Well, I started my career in science as an undergraduate quite a number of years before I became a Christian and my approach to becoming Christian was in some ways a very scientifically driven one where I decided first whether it was um, possible to believe in a God that created the universe, whether that actually made sense with the evidence I had seen so far in my studies, and then decided whether, given that possibility, I concluded that it was possible, um, whether there was evidence for me to do so. And um, it wasn't a journey that happened overnight, but over a number of years, And I actually find my Christian faith is strengthened by some scientific evidence, some historical evidence, and some personal evidence that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the man I should be following. Mm.
1: The next scientist is Dr. Simon Angus. Simon is an Associate Professor of Economics at Monash University. He's described himself as a specialist generalist, having trained across the arts, physical and social
3: sciences. So I asked him, what convinced him to become a Christian believer? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I I don't have a partitioned brain. I don't, as I've said before, I don't see myself as um, the Christian part and the science part. And I think that's um, deeply unhelpful. I actually considered myself a Christian probably growing up. I was in a God fearing household, um, but I got to university. I actually went to uh, in Sydney to the University of New South Wales, and I got to meet some Christians who um, were actually reading their Bibles, uh, mm-hmm. which was unusual uh, for me, and we uh, kept talking about this guy, Jesus. And yeah. he hadn't figured largely in my upbringing. And I worked out fairly quickly that I wasn't one of the people who followed Jesus. And um, so I spent probably a few years um, quite away from Christianity. And I was the guy at university who asked lots of questions of the Christians and other religions. And uh, I was reading a lot of other you know, literary theory and others and and I was probably not a very nice chap to talk to but I was <laughs> I was spending my time basically trying to make life difficult for um for for believers yeah. of, of any type um then about the end of third year I wanted to put this question to bed it was niggling and I kept meeting these people and something about the christians particularly was their lives were uncharacteristically different um and you know at university you meet people of different political and other persuasions but even the marxist or the you know the deep feminist didn't seem actually to have such a changed embeddedly changed life as the christians i met and um i sort of had this niggling question why would you why would you do that why would you change in such a way and i wanted to put it to bed so i thought well Christianity is one of those uh, religions this should be easy for because um, it claims to be historical. So I'll go to my massive university library, hire out some books, particularly books written by non-Christian authors, so they weren't you know subject to bias. I was you know with my scientific hat on. And uh, I read um, a bunch of uh, texts uh, over one summer, and um, I had a list of questions actually, which started with "Was Jesus even a real historical figure?" yep and I settled that one fairly quickly in the affirmative yep. and uh, and I moved through to can I you know can we believe and trust the histories about him in the gospels, and then did he really die uh, it's actually seems important to the Christian story that he died a real death, yep, and then obviously did he come back to life and at the end, I remember quite clearly one night in my kind of dorm room at college with a you know, stack of books next to me. And I'd spent this time thinking and reflecting about it and processing. And it was a very private thing. I hadn't told any of these people that I'd been talking to about this journey. <laughs> yeah. I came to this sort of quite difficult and uncomfortable realization that the explanation that Jesus rose from the dead um, by the power of God was the most reasonable Explanation for for the Jesus event, uh, what had happened then. It's clear many historians acknowledge something special happened what exactly and why uh, is kind of a debate. and But I thought, no, the biblical account, the gospel account, and then what happened in the lives after, and all it all coheres with this 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 theory that actually this guy, is it, this was a special death and a very special resurrection, and uh, it did actually happen in history. And from then it was almost like a light going on in history, in biblical history, that that's one thing I knew, and that light started shining out through both forward and backwards in the Bible as I thought, well, that kind of validates and makes everything else true. Because if I'm going to believe that, God raised a king from the dead mm. uh, a future king of a new heavens and new earth. Well then um I've got a fairly you know there's not much that this God cannot do and in fact that makes sense of everything else he promised and said in the rest of the Bible. And so then I felt unlike all the rest of my studies a real baby in this area and I kind of put myself into all sorts of training and teaching and and and, and study about the Bible and about Christianity because I I then just had this enormous thirst for a whole new whole new area of of, of, mm. of knowledge mm. and my curiosity again was 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 picked and um and i must say that as i've kept growing and understanding christianity um Christianity is not the the question you resolve once. It's a kind of a question you resolve many times of many days. Am I still walking with Jesus? Is it still the way the fork in the road is presented many times over? I've continued to choose Jesus. And um, that, for me, makes complete sense of not only what happened to him, but also increasingly I see such a coherence in how it explains even how and why we do science. And um, I think... For me it's um it, it adds up, it makes sense and it's coherent and uh in science, that's the kind of theory we love, is one that's coherent, has explanatory power mm-hmm. um, yep. and uh, and and works in sort of a deeply satisfying way to sa- slake our curiosity. Mm. So you find it satisfying? Yeah, I do. I think, um, in fact, more than that, I would say that the challenge is actually for atheist scientists to come up with a reason why science even works. Mm. Um, I find Christianity um, satisfying personally from a sense that it gives a, a center to my life and a, and a truth which centers all that I do. And uh, someone once described me as someone who likes things uh, from the ground up uh, to be true. And that's true. I generally go back to first principles and like everything to kind of add up. And Christianity, I feel like, gives that cosmic foundation, which from then I can build my understanding of basically Mm -hmm. everything. And as a scientist, it actually, it provides a reason why I think the world has got for starters, knowledge in it, and why, as no knowing beings, science is even possible, and so there's a coherence to actually why, uh, if we've got a God who has got knowledge in Him, and He's made a world infused with knowledge, and that's this is what the Bible tells us, and he's made people with sort of special qualities who are knowing beings who kind of, there's a matching between the way they know, the tools they have and the knowledge that's in the world. These are all the elements actually that science needs to, to the program to actually work. If you don't have these elements in the world and you have not re- no reason for that, all you can really fall back on as a scientist is, well, my methodology of knowledge discovery, it's worked yesterday mm. and so I hope it will work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not always kind of a blind faith. Well, it is, and it's not—it's not terribly satisfying. Um, and I think, when scrutinised, um, mm. for better or worse, not many scientists scrutinise that. Um, and I think there's lots of temptations to actually uh, build some sort of edifice on top of that, which um, pushes you away from an explanation with God. Um, but I think, when scrutinised, that question will lead many scientists, and has, we know, to a God-powered universe. Mm. Although it's fairly common to believe that science and belief in God are actually in opposition. For example,
1: well-known scientist and atheist Richard Dawkins says that he's hostile to religion because he claims it subverts science and che- teaches us not to change our minds and saps the intellect. Though you disagree.
3: Yeah, I do. I I think um, Richard Dawkins. Um, I respect him deeply as a biologist, and uh, I've read you know his books and so on. As a proponent of religion and so on, um, his own. Uh, atheist scientific friends Uh, there are some who really um, I guess wish he would uh, spend more time uh, thinking about and reflecting on uh, the religions that he speaks of and I I think I'd probably be in that camp Um, no I don't think it saps the intellect the reverse I think um, so his view basically comes from one we might call scientism, the idea that um, science is not just a good tool to understand the material universe as it's presented to us, but it's actually the only tool which enables us to understand anything at all. I don't believe Richard actually believes that in his heart of hearts, because I don't believe he's used science to invigilate, um, the close relationships in his life to, uh, think and reflect upon his own emotions and feelings and so on. There are different types of knowledge in the world. Some of them are, um, are adept to being discovered through scientific method. And I, and it's a scientific method that I love, but by definition, it investigates the material universe. It's, it's not something which can, uh, in other people's words, superintend on the non-material, the spiritual. Um, it doesn't even have a. It doesn't have a category of, of knowledge to look at, and um, and so I think it. We we ought not, and it's very. Um, it's dissatisfying um, in terms of our knowledge to set them up in opposition, and instead we should respect and love science for what it can do and the power of it, but acknowledge the limitations. And I think that's where uh, Richard and others would do well to consider and to learn from uh, what what has been a wonderful journey of knowledge discovery uh, through other means and uh, revelation and others and so on and and actually try to think clearly about a spiritual realm if there is one um, knowing that science may help us in some ways but actually won't be able to ultimately decide on that ultimately that's going to have to come from other places Mm. so you don't think that religion teaches us to be content with ignorance no no I don't um (laughs) Um, there may be religions for that. but that's true. That there's the kind of don't ask yeah. religion. Christianity is not one of them. Um, but that was your experience as well, I suppose. You ask lots of questions. Correct. And I think Christianity, actually, as I've described, promotes and pushes and speaks to a God-powered universe with, uh, you know, knowing agents. And um, if you actually look at the history and philosophy of science, it's it's Christians um, and others people of faith but but christians have largely been people who have established universities at least in the western tradition and so on because they are god-fearing uh religious people spiritual people because they want and they see and understand a world infused with truth and that's a world worthy and uh, wonderful to know and they know that by understanding that world more and better they might be able to love others uh in in a in a in a way that um is fitting and right and i think um if anything, my faith um, encourages, exhorts me to uh, use my skills and talents that God has made me with to explore more in this world for his glory and, and for, the, for, for the love and good of mankind. My next scientist is Dr. Jonathan
1: Clark. He's an astrogeologist and the president of the Mars Society Australia. I posed him a question which was raised by American atheist, biologist and blogger P.Z. Myers, who once gave a talk entitled, Scientists, If You're Not An Atheist, You Aren't Doing Science Right. Now, P.Z. Myers says that religion isn't compatible with science, so I asked Jonathan if he was conflicted when he does science as a believer.
4: No. uh, I really um, have a complete struggle engaging with that. That kind of argument. That kind of argument, because... It doesn't make sense scientifically no. and doesn't make sense um, you know, from a religious point of view. I mean, he may well be a good scientist. You know, it's not in the field that I'm hugely familiar with um, or, or worked in. But it's very, very poor philosophy because yeah. you know, science is an immensely powerful tool for looking at particular questions. Mm. Um, it's very... Bad tool, and and we know this both from a philosophical point of view and a purely practical point of view for addressing other questions. Mm. Uh, we can just look at the enthusiasm to which uh, scientists have used their science to justify all sorts of uh, horrible ideologies in the world and mm. horrible practices, and uh, that's not the fault of science any more than you know bad behavior by Christians is, t- is a criticism of Christ of Jesus, uh, but it just shows that. Science is very, very limited. In the same way, you know, the Christian faith deals with particular things. Uh, Galileo, who's often held up as the epitome of the, you know, the person who suffered from the conflict between science and religion, said, the Bible teaches us how to go to heaven, not how the heavens go. Mm. And um, again, you know, Christianity is, uh, has a very specific uh, focus, which while it applies to across uh, across all areas of life, nonetheless, the specific teachings deal with specific areas. I mean, we are we're told in uh, one of Paul's epistles, Second Timothy, that uh, all Scripture is useful for. Um, and the quote fails me at this point. <laughs> Teaching, correcting, uh, rebuking, and training in righteousness. In righteousness, yes. It's not about. It's not a manual of physics. It's not a manual of uh, hydrodynamics or hydraulics mm. or uh, the history of the earth or the universe. It's about instructing us in in righteousness, in godliness, mm. equipping us in that. Um, so, do you see there's a harmony then between your Christian faith and your science? I think there's a congruence. A uh, harmony may be too strong a word because when we're, we're dealing with two things which are. Uh, deal with sometimes overlapping areas from very different perspectives, they're not necessarily uh, the same. But there is, there is overlap and there is, uh, there is uh, dialogue between them. And because both theology, uh, and, and theology is not faith, and faith is not theology, when we talk about our theology and our science, these are both human endeavours and like all human endeavours, they're flawed. So sometimes that congruence is not always uh, evident. Right. But you know, part of the challenge of being people, part of the challenge of being a Christian in particular, is, well, we've got to make sense of this. And yeah. other people have other areas. So you know, Christianity and politics, Christianity and economics are, are other things where, again, different disciplines, theology and uh, economics, or theology and politics, uh, you know, have to come together to make a functional society for, for people. So do you see your Christian faith then helping you to
1: navigate or uh, understand the world better?
4: As an overall picture, yes. I hope that being a Christian makes me a better scientist because uh, I am aware of the bigger picture. I'm aware of ethical issues, of moral issues. Hopefully that makes me um, a more dedicated, a more ethical scientist. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. uh, It also means that... um, I can keep it as proper perspective, not make a a god out of it the way (laughs) some people do as
1: well. Right, yes, yes. Our next scientist is one of the world's leading astronomers. Dr. Jennifer Wiseman is a senior astrophysicist at the NASA Goddard Flight Centre, where she serves as the senior project scientist for the Hubble Space Telescope. So I asked her what convinced her to believe in Christianity.
0: I grew up uh, in a Christian family and and a loving church and I so I think you know these people weren't perfect by any means, but I think I really saw the the, the life of God in these people and it impressed me from a young age. Um, I think I was also it was also impressed upon me during my youth that there there was a choice to be made as to whether to to intentionally be a follower of, of Christ or, or live for yourself. And um, I think I was influenced by, by the late Billy Graham and some of his preaching. But uh, I, may, you know, as a child could do, I made that commitment. So life is very dynamic. And for me, and I'm sure for many, faith is about looking afresh to our Lord, to Christ, for each new situation that life brings and to find out what God wants from us in this situation and how to live faithfully and fruitfully in these new situations. So that's what my faith has been more about, the challenges and joys of discipleship than, than actually coming to faith, which, which really came to, to my life at an early age, you know.
1: Now, another question has come in from our text line here. It says, if you are open-minded scientists, are you open to being convinced that God does not exist? Uh, That is, what kind of evidence would convince you to give up your faith?
0: I think uh, since I did not come to faith based on scientific arguments, that I wouldn't be prone to losing my faith based on scientific arguments because that's not why I became a believer in the first place. The God that we understand in, in Christianity is, is a person, is a, is a being. You come to faith in God and it's a, in a relationship with with God. And um, that relationship is, is personal and it's meaningful and it's real. And so there isn't some sort of new scientific discovery that can actually, you know, pull that rug out un- from under you. Now, there are scientific discoveries that can make you have to kind of... Rethink your your you know if you have a a certain picture in your mind of the framework in which you think God is operating in the natural world, and then you learn something through science that basically challenges and broadens that particular aspect of your faith. Absolutely, you know I think I think um, we should always be humble and open to to learning new things and reconsidering the the frameworks that we have constructed in our minds. But I, I just can't see how any new information from science would do anything but simply enrich my understanding of reality and therefore of of God, but um, I'll pass.
1: So now, the more that you learn about astronomy, space, and the heavens, do these discoveries uh, threaten or enhance your idea of God?
0: I think it's um, the more I've learned about the universe, the more we're learning. it, uh, It certainly enriches my understanding of God. I mean, again... My faith is not based on on science in the first place. I, I was a believer first and then became a scientist, so science has just been a natural part to me of understanding the handiwork of God. But I think what's been most... Um, interesting to me is as as i've become more aware of the time involved for the universe as we know it to become as it is today to me that's been a, a, an interesting challenge of, of just contemplating the work of god over times and spaces that are hard for humans to comprehend but that's enriching to me that that actually makes to me makes for me god more interesting but,
1: yeah. so as scientists are you any less awestruck by the, the creation because now you know the physical process about how this happened?
0: Oh no, just the opposite. I think um, as a scientist I am more awestruck when we do understand how things work. Uh, um, I, I find that to be most gratifying and most exciting that it appears, as, as a Christian, I would put it this way, that God creates a universe that works, you know. that, So it's not the things we don't understand, to me, that should cause us to say, you know, there's proof of God right there. We don't understand how something works, so ha, there's God. It's, the, it's when we do understand that we can say, that's amazing. Or occasionally we say, you know, that's very troubling. I I understand the physics of how this works. Let's say, you know, earthquakes or things like that. I understand the physics, but then it causes you to ask, you know, perhaps some more difficult questions. Why would God put together physical forces that could lead to suffering? Those are very valid questions, but I think they're satisfying both for these positive reactions and these more troubling questions, but they're satisfying when they're based on the fact that we do understand how things work and we we, we believe God is responsible for it.
1: Now at the same conversation we recorded with Jennifer, we also spoke with Dr. Luke Barnes, who is a postdoctoral researcher in astronomy and cosmology. I asked him about the relationship of his belief in God and science and what convinced him of his Christian faith.
5: Actually, it worked the other way around, that, that uh, my, my Christianity was one of the things that drew me into science, mm-hmm. in that um, in sort of two ways that... that he, he was, you know, something that was obviously a noble pursuit. But at the same time, here is something that the the people who didn't believe what I believe were saying that here's where the real test of of Christianity comes. It's coming from the sciences. Uh, and and that sort of, you know, in a backwards way kind of drew me in. Uh, so you were uh, challenged in some ways. It was like yeah. a, it was the challenge. I mean, there's two... So uh, the philosopher Peter Kreeft who said, uh, you know, if your faith is weak and you don't want to have a challenge, don't go and read The Brothers Karamazov, right? Now, there's two types of people, the people who won't... And the people who will go and read the Brothers Karamazov now that I've said that and I did I have so that's that's where I was at and uh ultimately found that 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 there were good answers to the sorts of critiques that were were being thrown at Christianity.
1: Mm. So now the more that you learn about astronomy space and the heavens do these discoveries uh threaten or enhance your idea of God?
5: So I, I think they enhance it in a couple of ways so um, we just saw some pic- some beautiful pictures, as one on the screen now, of, of, of the universe. You show one of these wonderful Hubble images and the whole crowd goes, whoa. And you, you, when one of these... When, when we have a, our astronomy seminars, when there's just astronomers in the room and we're discuss- discussing the latest you know, astronomy, if one of those pictures come up, we all go, whoa. Like, none of that changes. The universe is still impressive no matter how many times you've looked at it, how deeply you've looked at it. Uh, so that level of... Uh, one of the wonderful things I find about Christianity, as opposed to, to naturalism, is I can look at that and say that's beautiful without having to to give put an asterisk and say actually beauty is just some sort of evolved response to this, that, and the other. You know? I can just say that's that's a beautiful thing, in the same way I can say goodness is good without any asterisk on that as well. So that was that's one of the major things. Um, this. Uh, you know, details about the size of the universe and the way that we fit into the universe, fine-tuning, has been something that sort of fits into my Christian Christian worldview in a fairly natural and easy way. And I think, again, as I said before, sort of lights a fire underneath the, the naturalist. One of my favourite verses in the Old Testament is in Isaiah. It just says, uh, lift your eyes and look to the heavens, who created all these? So I think in the history of, you know... In the history of civil, you know, human beings, that the question "Where did all this stuff come from?" has been a major pointer towards a, a creator, even if it's not the most, you know, watertight argument. There, I think that the, the way most people have realized, you know, most people have looked around and seen the way the universe all fits together, even their own, the universe we can see let alone the stuff we see in the fundamental laws to the larger scale of the universe, and seen something that looks like it fits together, that looks like it's been planned out.
1: Mm.
5: Well, the late, great Stephen Hawking
1: once says, before we understood science, it was natural to believe that God created the universe, but now science offers a more convincing explanation. So is Hawking right?
5: No. <laughs> what science does is describe the natural world. We, we take observations of the world and we try and fit it together within a, a, a mathematical theory and we find that there are patterns underneath. But none of that process answers the bigger questions about where it came from or who is sustaining it. Describing the work of an artist does not replace the artist. I don't. So I, I think there's a, this very naive picture there that if you've explained one natural thing in terms of another natural thing, that you can keep doing that forever and explain all the natural things. And that's just not true.
1: So there we have it. The stories and reflections from a number of scientists about how they can believe in God. So let me leave you with what one scientist thought in relation to his science and his faith in God. From Isaiah 40, 26. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Thanks very much to all of our scientists who could share for this National Science Week special show. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Hi everyone, Rob Martin here, host of Bigger Questions. I just wanted to give you a quick reminder about our next series of live recordings in the city of Melbourne. Every fortnight from Tuesday the 20th of August, we explore Songs of the Heart, six ancient songs with wisdom for life's biggest questions we've got a terrific lineup of guests so come along and be part of the live audience ask your questions and bring other big questioners as we reflect on these ancient songs with some surprising answers recordings are over lunch in the city of melbourne at campari house hardware lane in the city check out biggerquestions.org songs for all the details and the lineup of guests we hope to see you there now also in some other news, we're very excited to be now streaming bigger questions on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user, subscribe and stream and enjoy yet more bigger questions. And if you want to invest in bigger thinking and maybe you could support us on Patreon. For as little as US one dollar a podcast, you can help create better dialogue around the bigger questions of life. Just go to patreon.com slash bigger questions. So thanks again for listening to Bigger Questions. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And please share the show with your friends or colleagues. Let's get the word out and get more people asking the bigger questions in our world. So
2: thanks again for listening. And remember to keep asking the bigger questions.